0: 1 Kings chapter 17, we're going to read verses 1 through 7. Now Elijah the Tishbite from the Gilead settlers said to Ahab, As Yahweh, the Almighty of Israel, lives, I stand before him, and there will be no dew or rain during these years except by my command. Then a revelation from Yahweh came to him. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide yourself at the creek. My Bible says the wadi. I can't remember the last time I ever heard anybody use the word wadi, so I'm going to say creek because that's what it means. Hide yourself at the creek, or the brook, Cherith, where it enters the Jordan. You are to drink from the creek. I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So he did what Yahweh commanded. Elijah left and lived by the creek Cherith, "...where it enters the Jordan. The ravens kept bringing him bread and meat in the morning and in the evening, and he drank from the creek. After a while, the creek dried up because there had been no rain in the land." May Yahweh bless His Word to our hearts today. We ended last week in 1 Kings 17, verse 1, where Yahweh, through the prophet Elijah, pronounced condemnation upon Baal and a curse upon the land of Israel. Baal, the Canaanite mighty one of rain and fertility, had his sprinkler taken away from him. Yahweh controlled the rain. Amen? Not Baal. Yahweh proved it. The way he proved it was by sending a drought. A three-year and six-month drought, according to James 5.17 and Luke 4.25. It was announced by his mouthpiece, the prophet Elijah. Now as I thought about this point, all the week before last and last week, it kept reminding me that it is Yahweh that controls the weather. What made this stand out even more in my mind was two current things. I always ask and I hope for Yahweh to send rain to water my garden. I love to garden. It's very, as Barney Fife says, therapeutic. It's therapy for me to garden. I love to plant. I love to water. I love to take care of my plants. But Yahweh's watering is the best watering. So I pray that He waters my garden. I do pray that almost every day. His rain is what makes everything grow. He sends the rain, amen, just like He makes the sun rise. You know, it does no good for me to plant if there's not watering after the planting. I recently planted seed in my garden for a fall crop. And we're in August right now, which is usually a dry month here in the state of Georgia and in a lot of places. So I've been hoping and I've been praying for rain to come to my garden. So here I am in Georgia and I'm praying for rain. And there are people in Louisiana that are praying for rain to stop. They're experiencing floods in that state. They don't want any more rain to come. They've had enough already and they need the rain to stop for a while. I think about this, and I think about how that rain can be a blessing if it comes at the right times and in the proper amounts. But did you know that rain can also be a curse if it comes at the wrong times and if too much of it comes? Remember, there was a flood back in Noah's day, 40 days and 40 nights of rain. And that flood was sent by Yahweh. Yahweh opened the windows of heaven and sent that flood to wipe out wickedness. Yahweh used the rain as His method of destruction rather than blessing. Genesis 6.17 says this, Yahweh says, Understand that I am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy all flesh under heaven with the breath of life in it. Everything on the earth will die. That sounds like a curse to me. Now what we have to do here is to be very careful to believe what the Bible teaches on both sides. Too many people claim to believe the Bible today, but they only believe the parts of the Bible that don't rub them the wrong way. I recently taught a little bit on Matthew 5, 43-48, where we read that one way, one way that Yahweh loves even His enemies is by sending them rain. He sends the rain not just on the righteous man's house, man that has faith in Yahweh and trusts in Yahweh and keeps the commandments. But he also sends the rain on the unrighteous man's house that doesn't have faith in Yahweh and that's not concerned with the commandments. That's probably not a hard pill for anybody in here or maybe even outside in the world to swallow. Because we read that, we hear that preached and we think that's our loving, caring Father. He sends His rain. As a matter of fact, I told Brother Jerry last week that ever since I preached that message, Yahweh has implanted it in my mind I'll be working in my garden sometimes, and there'll be a little shower come through, 10, 15 minutes, and I'll begin to feel the drops on my skin. And I'll think, there's Yahweh loving us again. There's that rain. He loves us. However, when you come to a text like this one in 1 Kings 17, coupled with what's taking place in Louisiana right now, and you ask someone, do you believe Yahweh controls the rain? they might not want to talk about that. We might not want to even go there. But go there we must if we're going to be true Bible believers. Matthew 5, through 48 does teach that Yahweh controls the rain. And He loves people by sending them rain. But here in 1 Kings 17, we have a text that is just as plain that Yahweh controls the rain. And He punishes people by not sending it to them for three and a half years. In Genesis 6, we have a text that teaches that Yahweh controls the rain and sends too much of it for 40 days in a row as a punishment or a curse to mankind. The Bible teaches all of those things. You are not a Bible believer if you only believe that Yahweh controls the rain when it comes at the proper times and in the proper amounts if you camp out in Matthew chapter 5 and ignore First Kings 17 or ignore Genesis 6, you're only a partial Bible believer. And I would suggest to you that a partial Bible believer is actually not a Bible believer. So here's the tough pill to swallow. Was Yahweh in control of the rain that fell on Louisiana causing flooding recently? Still experiencing it there now that rain that has caused over 60,000 people to be displaced from their homes. And I read this morning, over 2,500 people are still in shelters. That flooding that has caused the deaths of, the last I heard, was close to 20 people. Did Yahweh cause that rain? Was Yahweh in control of that rain? Biblically, theologically, the only answer that I can give you is yes. Yahweh controls that rain. Now, let's not stop right there though because that would be easy for me to do is to just stop there because I'm not experiencing flooding right now in Georgia. So we might agree, yes, Yahweh controlled that rain. We might agree with that quickly, but it would be an entirely different ballgame if what is taking place in Louisiana was taking place In Georgia, it would be a whole other ballgame. What if it was our church here and our homes that were being lost? What if we walked in or couldn't walk in? We had to ride a boat up to the front door and there was two or three feet of water covering all of the seats here today and the equipment and we lost everything and not just the church, but we lost our homes. What if two feet of water was sitting in the home that I pay for, the home that I work hard for and sweat for, What if it was my family that was suffering, my family in a shelter? We didn't have a home anymore. See, these are questions we need to ask ourselves too. We don't need to just stop at agreeing that the Bible teaches Yahweh controls the rain. We need to make sure to place the situation on our doorstep and really try to ponder and meditate on how we're going to handle this theologically. We don't want to ignore the Bible, but we don't want to be hard-hearted or a jerk either. Sometimes I think people think they're being persecuted for righteousness sake and they're really being persecuted for being a jerk. Try to put yourself in Louisiana's shoes. It's very difficult to do. It's very difficult for any of us to try to place ourselves in the shoes of someone who's experiencing something that we never have experienced before. It's very difficult. But try to place yourself in their shoes because it could There's a possibility that it could be us next. We've had some flooding here in Georgia before a few years ago, I remember. And some people had damage done to their homes. I don't think it was anything like what's going on now in Louisiana. But it could be us next. Yahweh could decide to flood Conyers, Loganville, Lawrenceville. He could decide to flood it next week, and it could happen just like that. Now, we just read a few minutes ago in 1 Kings 17 in our text that I'm pulling from, that Yahweh stopped the rain and sent a famine. But he protected and provided for the prophet Elijah. So while the famine was punishing the rebellious Israelites in that nation, Elijah was taken care of. He had no worries. But was Elijah the only righteous Israelite in the nation at that time? Were there other faithful Israelites in the nation during the famine? While Elijah was the only active prophet, he was the only prophet left in Israel at that time, there were other faithful, righteous Israelites that dwelt in the land. 1 Kings 19.18 tells us that there were around 7,000 of them. Now, did they have to suffer through the famine? The answer is yes, they did. See, when most preachers preach the story of Elijah, they always identify all Christians with Elijah. We figure, well, Elijah was protected, so we will be protected. Whatever happened to Elijah will happen to us. But see, Elijah was an office bearer. He was a unique man. He was a unique prophet of Yahweh. And we should not see Elijah as an example of all of us. Elijah does not represent all Christians. Now, I think that faithful Christians today who are in the midst of wickedness should identify with the righteous remnant in Israel during that time, the 7,000. The remnant who did not get fed by the ravens miraculously. The remnant who did not get to drink water from the creek named Cherith. See, the righteous remnant in Israel had to suffer the famine with the wicked nation of Israel because they lived in the same land. It did not mean that Yahweh hated the righteous remnant. It did not mean that Yahweh was not mindful of the righteous remnant. It rather shows us that righteous people can suffer right along with unrighteous people. And just because somebody suffers does not mean that they are unrighteous or unrepentant. See, at that time you had rebellious Israelites who worshipped Baal, like King Ahab. And you had faithful Israelites who worshipped Yahweh. They lived beside each other in the land. But they both suffered under the three and a half years of famine. No rain, no dew upon the land. Now this brings me back to my ponderings about the flooding in Louisiana. Was Yahweh in control of that rain? Yes. Yes does that mean that every person who is suffering from the flood in Louisiana is a non-Christian? No, it doesn't. Just as Yahweh can send a blessing of rain on the just and the unjust, a cursing of rain can fall on the just and the unjust because they live in the same land. Now it's certainly true that one of the reasons Yahweh may have sent this current flood in Louisiana is to wake some rebellious people up. Calamity has a way of doing that. Can anybody testify to that? A lot of times people that don't give Yahweh any time of day can have a great calamity happen in their life. And even if it's for a little while, they seem to be more sensitive to the things of the Spirit. Even atheists that denounce and put down that there isn't even a Creator, when something bad happens, I've even seen them look up to heaven and say, if you're up there, It sure will be nice to get some help. And even though they will tell you that they don't believe in a Creator because they're image bearers, because they're sons of Adam and daughters of Eve, they know inherently that a Creator exists whether or not they want to admit it. Yahweh may have sent that flood to wake some rebellious people up because calamity does that. But it's also just as certain that some of the people who have lost their homes who have lost their loved ones, their animals. Some of those people are faithful Christian people. And the calamity upon them does not mean that Yahweh doesn't love them. The calamity upon them does not mean that they're not Christian. Just like the famine for the seven thousand righteous remnant Israelites didn't mean they weren't righteous Israelites. They suffered because they lived in the land. Now here's the application. Sometimes, believers, followers of Christ, go through hard times in our lives. We may lose our home during a natural disaster. We may even lose a family member all of a sudden. That does not mean that Yahweh has abandoned you. Sometimes we feel like He's not near. Sometimes Brother Matthew feels like Yahweh is not near. Sometimes we feel like Yahweh has left us. But when I read my Bible, I learn that my feelings don't determine where Yahweh is. He never leaves His children. I've known faithful believers who had their husband or their wife leave them. The other day I stood and I listened to a man that I met for a few minutes for the first time. i would never spoken to this man in my whole life. I stood there in his driveway and I witnessed to him. And he told me how his wife left him just before their 25th wedding anniversary. I put my hand on his shoulder, and he stood there, and he could barely speak when he began to try to explain what he was going through. And I saw tears begin to well up in his eyes, and because he didn't know me well, he didn't want to cry in front of me, and so he kind of cut it short. But he told me with what speech he could get out of his mouth that that was the most darkest and difficult time of his life. He did tell me, though, that he's still trusting the Heavenly Father. See, Yahweh has not forsaken that man just because he went through a difficult and a hard time. All saints experience marriage problems. All saints go through hard times with their children. All saints suffer through the trials of life. I recently read a quote that I had written by Brother TJ when he was preaching through the book of James. And the quote was that I had written down on Facebook and popped up in my memories. The quote was, We as Christians may not like to accept it or believe it. But the trials of life and the discipline of Yahweh does so much good at forming us and shaping us into the people that Yahweh wants us to be. All saints suffer through the trials of life. You might suffer differently than me. I might suffer differently than Rocket. Rocket might suffer differently than Dennis. It doesn't mean that Yahweh has abandoned you. It doesn't mean that Yahweh doesn't love you. I know a man who lost all ten of his children in one day, but it did not mean that Yahweh had forsaken him. I don't have all the answers for why righteous people suffer. I do know this, though. None of us are righteous in and of ourselves. I do know that. I do know that we are only made righteous because of the blood of the Messiah the one who lived perfectly for us. And that sure helps my understanding here. When I realize that Matthew is not righteous in myself, it helps me realize that when I suffer, it's not a bad thing happening to a good man. It's a bad thing happening to a man who would be lost without grace and without mercy. But the Bible does call the remnant of Yahweh righteous. Psalm 34 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, we read there in Psalms that the righteous cry and Yahweh hears and delivers them from all their troubles. Brother or sister, before you ever begin to cry those tears of pain, Yahweh already knew they were coming out of your eyes. He has not abandoned you. He has not forsaken you. We read in Psalm 34 that Yahweh is near to the broken hearted. And He saves those who are crushed in spirit. There again, going back to that calamity, I've seen people experience calamity and they're crushed in their spirit and they're broken hearted. And you see that they're a lot more sensitive to the dealings of Yahweh in their life. So the remnant, the righteous remnant, is definitely different from the Baal worshippers. They are the remnant because they worship Yahweh. They have not forsaken the commandments. No, we are not perfect. But our lives are lives that seek to be obedient. And when we disobey, it hurts us and we repent. And we try to obey again. We're very penitent people. We're talking about the righteous remnant. Very penitent people. We must believe all of the Bible and we must seek to understand all of the Bible. It's foolish for us to think that Yahweh is not the one who stops the rain. It's foolish for us to think that Yahweh does not bless a man's crops with rain and it's foolish to think that Yahweh is not the one who sends a flood. All of those thoughts are foolish because in order to hold on to those thoughts you have to let go of the Bible's thoughts. You have to deny some part of the Bible. At the same time, it is also foolish to think that the floodwaters that are causing so much damage in Louisiana means that all of those people are lost rebellious, unrepentant sinners. Some of Yahweh's people, I guarantee you, are there. And they're suffering just like the righteous remnant of Israel suffered during the three and a half year famine because they lived in the same land as King Ahab. It may sound like good preaching to hear a preacher tell you that Yahweh will always provide for you like He provided for Elijah. Now, I'm not saying that Yahweh can't provide for you. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that neither you nor I are Elijah. There might be some man on the earth today who is parallel with Eliyahu Navi, but I'm not aware of him. I'm not interested in what people call good preaching. Quote, unquote. I'm interested in biblical preaching. And biblical preaching looks not only at what took place with Elijah during this time, but also what took place with the righteous remnant during this time. Just because they suffered under the famine does not mean that Yahweh did not love them. He still loved them. My brothers and sisters, when you feel like you are far away from Yahweh because He's not doing anything miraculous in your life, you read the miracles in the Bible and you think, I'm not experiencing that in this season. Maybe I experienced a miracle in the past. Maybe Yahweh has one planned for you in the future. Maybe not. But if you're going through a season where you're not experiencing anything supernatural or miraculous in your life, it does not mean that Yahweh doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that He doesn't care for you. As a matter of fact, if you're being disciplined and pruned, the odds are really high that Yahweh has great love for you. Because if He didn't love you, He wouldn't discipline you. When you feel like you've prayed and prayed and cried and cried and everything is still at a standstill or only moving slowly, I want you to please know this. If your faith remains in Yahweh, no matter how weak it gets, it's still faith. He has not left you, nor has He forsaken you. He still loves you. He still cares for you. He still sees each tear that falls from your eyes. Sometimes Yahweh gives. Sometimes Yahweh takes away. He is Yahweh. Let Him do what He will do. You are still saved no matter how you feel or what happens to you in the natural if you continue to have faith in Yahweh. Your salvation does not depend on your feelings. Your salvation depends upon His power to save. As the prophet Jonah said before the great fish spit Him up. Salvation is of Yahweh. Now I hope that Yahweh gives me strength as I close to believe this message when I need to believe it the most. Right Right now, everything's going pretty good in my life. But who knows what tomorrow may hold. Let us place our faith in His power, His control, and His understanding. We're not called to understand everything. Our understanding is limited. We're just called to trust that Yahweh knows what He is doing. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. Truly is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. May we meditate upon the verses that we've covered today. May we think about the implications, what they teach, what they don't teach. May You help us to remember that when we go through hard times and we may suffer calamity, deaths in the family, major suffering minor suffering, whatever the case may be, if our faith remains in You, if we still trust in You, if we still live for You, You've not left us. We're just going through a difficult time. It's just a season. Father Yahweh, help us to remember that. I praise You and I thank You for it's through Your Son we pray. Amen.